Fishing is a fairly hot topic of debate right now. There is a lot of concern about what fishermen, or fisher people, are doing to the natural balance of our oceans. But a couple hundred years back, we weren't really worried about things like that. You might think that fishing used to be simple and even carefree, but that isn't always true. Ocean fishing had its own dangers back then, and quite a few people went out to catch a simple meal and never came back. My name is Brienne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the 1722 abduction and assault of Philip Ashton, a man who was abducted by pirates in Nova Scotia while he was on a fishing trip, and actually ended up stranded as a castaway on the island of Roatan. As you guys know, I'm recording from Utah for the time being, and I do know that the last episode had a little bit of feedback on the recording. Nailing down the perfect mobile studio isn't easy, but this week's should be better. Sorry for these minor changes, but as they say, life happens, so I appreciate your patience. Obviously, this is an older story. And I'm going to be upfront in saying that a lot of people don't believe that it's entirely true. But it is definitely pretty wild, so at least we can get some entertainment from it. This is certainly not your usual abduction case, and I'm actually surprised that they haven't made a movie out of this story yet. But let's jump in. Philip Ashton was born in Massachusetts in 1702, and he lived a fairly normal life up until 1722, from what I can tell. But at the age of 20, things took a turn for the worse. Philip was out for a nice fishing trip when he came across pirates, and I'm sure he was pretty freaked out by this since pirates aren't really known to treat other people very well. He likely assumed that they would kill him, but to his surprise, they didn't. And maybe this made our dear friend Philip feel a little cocky, because when they abducted him and brought him aboard their ship, he wasn't cooperative at all. Given the reputation of pirates, this is generally ill-advised. I'm not trained to deal with pirates or anything, but I think that I'd probably try and get a grasp on the situation before I jumped straight to making them mad. But I guess Philip didn't care. The pirates threatened him continuously to get him to cooperate, and I can't figure out for the life of me why they even bothered to keep him alive at all. But for whatever reason, they did. They actually dragged Philip all over the Caribbean. The following year, the pirates made a stop on Roatan. Now, I can't speak to Roatan in the 1700s, but it was considered to be entirely uninhabited. That is not the case today. 
I actually visited this place on a cruise, and for your general fun fact, I left some of my DNA on that island because the driving patterns are quite different there, consequently leading me to have to ask the driver to pull over so I could hurl my guts out on the side of the road. It was not fun. I also visited a zoo, some air quotes around that, where they considered their most exotic animal to be a raccoon. So, life is an adventure. But back then, in the 1700s, Roten was just a mass of land. And when they reached this land, Philip saw his opportunity. He ran out into uninhabited jungle to make a daring escape. Obviously, I couldn't read this without wondering just how dangerous the jungle was, but then I remembered the fact that he was running from pirates, so lesser evils, you know? Philip hid in the jungle while the pirates were actively chasing him, and I've got to say that I wonder what would have happened if they found him, because I'm assuming that at this point they were completely fed up with his antics. But the good news is that they didn't find him, and deciding that one annoying captive wasn't worth it, they boarded their ship and left, leaving behind Philip on an uninhabited island. Now, I've covered quite a few abductions by this point, and I have to say that this is new territory for me. But for the sake of consideration, let's explore some of the hazards of the jungle wilderness here. Obviously, the jungle has its fair share of general hazards. It's the jungle. There's a lot of heat. He would need to find clean water. But there are also snakes, reptiles, and even deer, which kind of surprised me. Among these creatures are alligators and the coral snake, which is venomous. With that being said, it is also now considered critically endangered, which obviously comes with a reminder that humans don't just hurt each other, they also hurt animals and the planet. Either way, it was not necessarily the safest place to be, and he didn't even have any supplies. At some point, he did run into some good fortune, though. While he was on the island, he ran into another castaway. This other castaway was an Englishman, and he had some tools for survival, which is very, very lucky. At this point, you are probably imagining these two men working together and striking up an unlikely friendship. But as you might have noticed, Philip wasn't exactly a lucky guy. His dear castaway friend went out for something. We don't know what. But the guy never came back. Fortunately, 
Unfortunately, he did leave a knife and a few other essentials behind that were helpful for keeping Philip alive. Philip lived on the island, mostly eating fruit and really simple foods to stay alive. I cannot imagine that it was easy, but he did manage to make it 16 full months on the island by himself, which I think we can all agree is pretty amazing. I like to think it was that same devil-may-care attitude that carried him through, and he was eventually able to find a ship to rescue him. I did not see anything about how many other pirates stopped by to possibly bury their treasure or re-abduct him. But, despite all of this craziness, he returned to tell his tale and actually wrote it out as a published memoir. But, not everyone thought that he was being truthful about it. I'm assuming that this was because of just how wild his story was, but I'm also not sure how else you could explain his disappearance or him being found on that island at all. Surprisingly, a good amount of the story was verified. Strangely enough, when he went missing in 1922, he was listed as one of the people captured by a famous pirate by the name of Edward Lowe. Born in London and moved to Massachusetts, Edward Lowe was a man that life was not kind to. He lived in poverty, and his wife died giving birth to their child. It seems like this was one of the many final straws for Lowe, because before long, he was running several small fleets of pirates and terrorizing the seas. Edward Lowe was once said to have captured over a hundred ships, and he was actually considered to be one of the most dangerous and violent pirates of his time. Known for torturing captives to death, he had a pretty fearsome reputation. Of course, we don't know if it was Lowe that captured Philip Ashton, or if it was some less famous pirate. But... The fact that he was kept alive despite his insubordination seems to imply that it probably wasn't one of Lowe's ships. It seems like his people probably would have made an example out of Philip. I do think that Philip really was abducted, because where else would he have gone, right? but I also agree that it's quite the story. Maybe it's just one of those larger-than-life stories that got a little bit bigger every time that he told it. Regardless, his story lives on and has been incorporated into some books as well. Nothing against Tom Hanks, but I do have to say that this would have made a very interesting castaway movie. At least in the end... Philip Ashton's life went on. To end today's episode, I actually want to share a theory about the last episode 
about Joan Risch. A longtime listener and good friend of mine, Lexa, reached out to share her thoughts on Joan Risch's disappearance, and I thought you guys might really like what she came up with. She speculated that the bloody thing that people reported seeing might have actually been evidence of a miscarriage or an illegal abortion attempt. I thought that it was pretty interesting, and it would definitely explain why she was fleeing, possibly out of social shame or fear just because abortions were not legal back then. It would also explain why it looked like someone tried to clean up the scene. Maybe she was really just trying to do away with the evidence. Lexa wondered if the beer bottles might belong to the child's biological father, but I was wondering if they were there as a pain reliever while she underwent the procedure. We did kind of used to do that, and it's not like she could go to a doctor. Obviously, this is all purely speculation, but it does add another interesting layer to the story, so I thought you guys might like it. I'm always encouraging you guys to send me your theories, so if you've got any interesting ideas, please don't hesitate to contact me. I promise I really do love this stuff, especially when it's weird or wild. Speaking of, if you haven't checked out the interview I released over the weekend and you want to know more about how At Dat came to be, be sure to pop on over to it. And of course, as always, you can contact me by reaching out on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys. <laughs>